everyone. Stand with us this morning as we open in worship. Revive us again. We praise Thee, O God, for the Son of Thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Revive us again. We praise Thee, O God. Savior and scattered our 
Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Hey, my name's Eric. Welcome to Sunset Hills. We're so glad that you're here. Um, I hope that that song is ringing true into your ears and out of your mouths that we do crown Jesus Lord of all. In fact, the Bible would say in the Old Testament, especially in the Psalms, that we can enter into his gates with thanksgiving into our hearts and we can enter his courts with praise. You know, and in a context centuries ago, that's what you would do. You'd be entering into particular courts inside of a, a temple area and you'd be, you would be praising. And as most of us probably are Gentiles in here, we would be on an outer court, not the inner court. But because of what that song represents, we can enter in now into the Holy of Holies, a place that only Jesus is prepared for those who have faith and um, salvation in him. So we're excited for that. Welcome again to Sunset. If you're new with us, we're excited that you're here. Uh, we would love to get to know you. You can text us just at that number that's up on the screen and we'll respond back. We won't spam you with a bunch of emails or doing those kind of things or send you, you know, pointless, uh, not pointless, but yeah, pointless uh, information. We do want to just be able to connect with you. There is some stuff out in the lobby. Uh, there's a connect table that's out there, and on that table is a discipleship pathway uh, folder. It's something that we developed so that you have a snapshot of all the various ministries of disciple making here at Sunset Hills, from life groups to women's ministries to uh, 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 men's ministries to youth to children, uh, you know, general little stuff. It's, it's right there. You want to grab that and keep that for yourselves. So we're glad that you're here. Um, let me just tell you, uh, we're excited too for the things that are coming ahead. Uh, that we're a church that's not just looking for the present. We're also looking to see Jesus doing great and mighty things in and our church. And so we're, we're excited for that. Now, if you would do me a favor, would you just turn around and greet a few people around you, say welcome to Sunset Hills, and give them a good morning.
this next verse.
God is an awful place, but Lord, the worst part, Lord, is an eternal separation from you and your love. So Lord, I just pray if there's one here today that God, because of pride or because of what others may think about them, God, that they've never said yes to you. That Lord, today could be their day. Lord, I think about the story of the of the rich man, Lord, that went to hell, Lord, and his his only request was, Can I can I go back and can I tell my brothers? Lord, we're so grateful that today that, that we have this gift of now, that Lord, you're speaking to our hearts. Lord, you're you're telling us, giving us your truth, Lord. Lord, we're so grateful that you want to spend an eternity with us. Lord, I'm looking forward to that day, but until that day comes, Lord, there's lots of work to do because there's still folks I know that you're trying to gather. Lord, if any of those folks are here this morning, I just pray that today could be, Lord, their day to say yes to you. Lord, we love you, and it's in your son, precious son, Jesus' name, that we pray this morning. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, Sunset Hills. This guy doesn't know it, but I think he's dressed well enough to deliver the sermon today, don't you? You want to do that? You want to preach? No? I think he could. I just wanted you to know that I brought you up here because you are the best-dressed guy in church this morning. Yeah. Looking awfully sharp. And you know what the amazing thing is that your dad has had all of your brothers and your sister all week long by himself his wife is not here your mom's not in town to help out and I'm curious did he dress you or did you dress yourself this morning you dressed yourself man you did a great job and I think I want to reward you here's a dollar bill for being the best dressed guy in church this morning right Can you read that right there? You know what that says? Seeking wisdom. Real loud. Seeking wisdom. Then you can do the rest of the sermon right there, right? <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it, buddy. You can, go, you can go to children's church now. Oh, no, no. You can leave that sucker for me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hi, church. Everybody good this morning? Yeah. It's good to see you. We're going to talk about the second part of a series called Seeking Wisdom. Last week we looked at where or who gives wisdom, where we find that. This week we're going to take a look at what we must do to make decisions. Now, I sound a little bit loud, I think, out there. Can you turn me down just a bit? I don't know, but it just seemed I don't want to yell and, and cause people to, to leave this morning, okay? 
But I, I have said this in times past, and I want to take note of it today, that one of the wisest decisions that I have ever made in my life, I, don't, I did not know it at the time. It has grown on me through the years. As far as the wisdom part, I knew it was a good decision, but the wisdom part of it has, has become, it's become more entrenched as I've gotten older. One of the wisest decisions that I've ever made was marrying my wife, Lynn. And today we celebrate our 40th anniversary. And God has blessed us with a beautiful family, and we are grateful for that. And we're grateful for these 40 years that we have been together. Actually, we've been together for 41 years, but 40 years that you go in our old sanctuary with my dad officiating. We both said, I do, and it's lasted this long. We're grateful for that, okay? So with that part of the wisdom behind me, as I said, I wasn't so wise when I started. I just thought it was a great idea. But as we've done life together, it has been a wise decision on my part. I don't know what she has to say about it, but that's, what, that's my story, and I'm sticking with it, all right? Let me just review as an intro um, that we all have times when we face situations where we, we, we don't know what to do. Uh, and a wise person will admit that they don't have all the answers to life's problems and situations. But there are times when the situation, the situ- what we're in is so real, it's so imminent, that we need a solution to what it is that we're facing. You need some wisdom on what to do next, what steps that you're to take next. And uh, if you basically have two places that you can go to acquire this wisdom, the first is, is kind of looking to how the world deals with uh, supplying wisdom, uh, f- following the popular opinion, what's going on in the day and time, or a better place, I think we'll all agree, the acquiring godly wisdom, which is following the precepts and the commands of God. And all through Scripture, it talks about how beautiful having wisdom is. And I've just hit a few of the verses last week. I'm going to add to that some more this morning, such as Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Watch this. It says, joyful is a person who finds wisdom. The one who gains understanding for wisdom, watch how, how the importance it places on it here, is more profitable than silver, and the, her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare to her. She offers you long life in, your, in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths, And all her ways are satisfying. Wisdom, it says, is the tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. And actually, there's more to that in that particular uh, chapter of Proverbs that you want to go on and read some more about wisdom. But this is, it sounds like a wonderful thing to have. And the reason that it's so good is because wise decisions in life can make life better, and can I say it this way? Stupid decisions in life 
can break us. I think we all can agree on this. Maybe out of our own personal experience, or as we watch other people, the difference between making wise decisions and making unwise or stupid decisions, okay? So, what do you do? We saw who do you go to and where do you go to to find wisdom? As a Christ follower, this is what we talked about last week, our go-to should be, when we're seeking wisdom, our Heavenly Father. That's where we should turn to. That's what James tells us. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives, how does He give? Generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Watch what happens if you keep reading on down in, in that particular uh, chapter of, of, of James. Verse 17, watch what it says. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from a Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. I mean, look at this description. It says that he's not shifting. It's not like the worldly advice or wisdom that comes that, that might be appropriate this particular day in this particular situation, but it changes with the time. Maybe uh, it changes with who the perspective of the person that you're talking to. It's shifting. You, you can't really count on it. But you don't find that with God that it's one way or the other. It is consistent. It is part of, of who He is. He is the one who, who took initiative to be able to share with this with us at birth through His creation. He's a heavenly Father that we can come to and simply ask, what do I do? Show me, please. Give me some wisdom. Like a father who's going to give his best advice. He's going to share his best wisdom. And if he's a good father, talking about an earthly father, it will be consistent. It'll be something that has been demonstrated throughout his life all the time in every situation. This heavenly father. I mean, Jesus describes kind of gives a description of what this father is like. And in, in um, Luke chapter 11, he says, You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. The one we ask is the one who shares good gifts. And wisdom falls under that category of a good gift. And how shall we ask? Simply and properly. You that are parents of young children, how do you teach your children to ask you something? I remember um, having to have a parent conference back in the days when I was principal of school. Uh, a, a, a kid in fifth grade was having some difficulties with his teacher, and, and basically, he was ordering the teacher around. 
telling her, go get me this and go get me that. That's not going to work in many classrooms, right? Or it shouldn't. I mean, I don't think that's a very appropriate way to run classroom management. And so we had to have this conference with, uh, with the parents. And I was talking, and Dad and Mom were there, and, and the young man was there. And, and I said, we've got a problem here that your son is not asking correctly in the classroom of things. And, and we've got to get to the bottom of this. And, and the mom understood that. She got exactly what was happening. Like, yes, we have to correct this. And the dad started kind of uh, rebuffing it and having some issues with what I was saying. And, and I, I just couldn't quite understand where he was coming from. And uh, I said, so is this the way you do it in your home? And he says, actually, this is the dad talking. He says, yes, it is, actually. I said, are you kidding me? Give me an example of that. Well, let's say we're all sitting around watching television, and if the young man, I'll call his name Alan, if Alan wants uh, like a Coca-Cola, all he has to do is say, Mom, go get me a Coca-Cola. I'm sitting there dumbfounded at this. You've got to be kidding me. I said, so what happens then? Well, mom gets up and go gets out on a Coca-Cola. Does he ever ask? No. I mean, so you're, what you're saying to me is he commands his mother to do something? I said, so now I know we why we have a problem in the classroom with the teacher. It won't work here. And dad, I advise you to start teaching your son differently. I want to tell you, if you don't start teaching him differently, guess what? When he gets married, he's going to have problems with his wife because that system won't work. We, as believers, have to have the proper posture before we go to God. We can't go to God. Now, stay with me. Because you say you don't do this, but I suspect you probably do it more subconsciously than you do it consciously. We don't have the authority to go to God and say, God, give me this. Give me wisdom. The posture is we ask God humbly, simply, would you give me wisdom? And when we ask, does it, I mean... Think about it, parents. When your child asks, is it not much, are you, are you not much more willing to try to suffice and give what they're asking for when they're asking than when they're commanding? Uh, not so far removed from having children that if my kids started commanding that I do something, I'm thinking, dude, you got it all wrong. It's not happening that way. Uh-uh, not at our house. You can ask me, and I'll decide about it. Here, though, we have an example of what we're to do. We're to ask. Scripture says that a father will give good gifts. And we ask with this attitude of understanding, God, I don't deserve anything. The only reason I'm able to receive anything from you is because you love me and you want to share with me. And also ask for this understanding, you know better than I do. If I come to God and I say, 
God, I, I, don't, I don't get what's happening here, and I'm in this situation where I don't know exactly which steps to take, but I'm coming to you, and, and while I don't understand all these things that are happening, I'm going to trust you because I know that there's an end game of something better that you have for me. Now help me as I'm working through this to have the wisdom of what steps to take next. So we ask, come before God. We ask Him properly, humbly, sincerely, and in faith. But there's more to this. Verse 6 says this. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. The person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, that particular person. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. A proper ask means that we're to believe without doubting. Notice James says to be, that we're to believe. He doesn't just stop it there. Say, okay, ask and believe. He kind of punctuates it here with, don't doubt. To believe is to trust. It's to have the confidence in the one that you're asking. Ask, trusting God that he knows what's best for you. I like the way that the message paraphrase puts this. Watch this. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believing without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like the wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. Boy, I like that last part about keeping your options open. I think oftentimes that's exactly how we start asking. God, I want this, but we're doubting, and that doubt leads to, well, okay, if I can't have it this way, then I'll take it this way. That's not asking and trusting and believing. Doubting is a refusal to entrust ourselves to the one that we're asking to really seek God for his wisdom. This is kind of like, well, I, I'm, I'm asking, maybe God will give me some wisdom, but he probably won't. Or, or maybe I'll take his God's advice on this, or maybe I won't, just kind of depending on what he tells me to do. I think it's probably more that way that we fall as believers in than maybe any other thing. It's like, Okay, God, I'm expecting your wisdom. I want your wisdom. And God shares his wisdom with us. And it's like, well, I didn't know it was going to have to do that. I mean, you're asking me to sacrifice. You're asking me to change how I, my relationship with someone. You're asking me how I treat. Uh, wait a minute. That wasn't part of the plan, God. We're going to go to him. So how does this practically work? What must we do to make wise decisions? 
There's a couple of verses, beautiful verses in Proverbs that gives us three steps to undertake. It's found in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. You may already know what those are. Let me read it to you in completion. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Three ideas presented here on how to go about seeking wisdom from God for him to direct you. Those times when you don't know what to do. First thing you do is trust in the Lord. That's what I just really said, wasn't it? Trust in the Lord. We have trusted many people and many things in life. We've trusted families and friends and maybe even bosses. And we've trusted every time we leave here, we trust. We trust in other things. We trust in our vehicles to get us from one place to another. We trust doctors and health care system. I'm getting the question of this more and more, but we, we trust government, you know. We, we have to because God says trust them or, or, or support them, but we trust government. And, uh, and in the near future, uh, more and more trust to be put in this thing called artificial intelligence and some really scary stuff there dealing with A.I., what do all these things have in common? All these things I just said we put our trust in. They all have at one time or another let us down, failed us. We've had disastrous results from failed trust. What happens when there's failed trust? Well, confidences are shattered and we're heartbroken and feelings are hurt and trust is damaged. Bitterness grows. But Jesus says, we're to trust in God. You think of a scripture that brings that out? One that I typically use at funeral services, but it speaks to this as well. Where Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. It says, trust in God. Trust also in me. Trust in God, trust in Jesus. Our problem is that we fail to trust in an omniscient God. We become so focused on the trials and the difficulties in life that we take our focus off of who he is. Remember when Peter jumped out of the boat when Jesus was coming across the water and he says let me come to you and, and, and Jesus walking on top of the water and, and Peter jumps out and, and, and he starts walking and he's got his eyes focused on Jesus what happened when he took his eyes off of Christ he started sinking didn't he that's why we're to do we're to stay focused on God we're to stay focused on or the one who understands us in Jesus Christ. God's going to get us through an impossible situation, but we have to stay focused on Him, trust Him, not in anything else, or we soon find ourselves sinking just like Peter did. So in this crazy, mixed-up world we live in, God tells us where to place our trust. In an un swerving belief in him 
and he's going to direct us, as we'll get to in a moment. King David found this out to be true. In a psalm about righteousness of God, even in the tragedies of life, he said that God is worthy of trust. Psalm 9, 9 and 10. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in time of trouble, and those who know your name will put their, say it, trust in you. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. That is a promise. The full resources of God are available to us when we go before him. Trust him. So if you're feeling weak, this verse says God is our refuge. When you're feeling pressured, God is the relief. When you're needing security, God comes the one that you can go to and trust in. But the key here is trust. If we don't place our trust in God, then that may cut off our access to Him, to His mercy, and to His power. When those trials, those difficulties, these come, we must place our trust in Him. The word trust in Hebrew literally means to, to lean with your whole body, to, to rest one's full weight upon something. I was thinking about trying to demonstrate this. I really thought what I could do is take this stool here and lay completely flat across it. What do they call it? Planking? Now you've seen me climb on top of it and scared some of you all to death. Let's just see if I can do it. Let me get balanced here. I have to sit on it now and put my whole trust in it because I'm out of... It's to lean on it. It's to put my complete trust in Him. Not to trust in anything around except this. Putting your full weight. Everything we've got in Him... He says how to do it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Heart refers to more than just a place that pumps blood or where feelings come from. The Old Testament, heart's considered the center of the mind, the will, the emotions, to trust God with the whole of who we are. Every part of us, we surrender to Him. In that posture of surrender puts our mind, our focus and about the situation into God and opens up the way for the allowance of the Holy Spirit to begin to work in our lives. 
The Bible tells us, do not put your trust in princes and mortal men who cannot save. Here's another one. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Dwight L. Moody said this, trust in, trust in yourself and you're doomed to disappointment. Trust in your friends and they will die and leave you. Trust in your money and you may have it taken from you. Trust in your reputation and some slanderous tongue may blast it. But trust in God and you are never to be confounded in time or eternity. So we have this overall understanding of what it means that we're to trust with the whole of who we are. And then we're presented with a second step here of how to find wisdom. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and watch this, and lean not on your own understanding. Another way of saying that is stop trying to take control. There, there's a, if you kind of look at this, you see there's really two statements here. There's a, there's a do, and there's a, there's a don't. The, the do command is trust in the Lord with all of your heart, the don't is lean not on your own understanding. Do and don't. We really struggle with that, don't we? Why? Because we have a limited understanding. We do not understand everything. Will you all say that with me? I, here, let me teach it to you. I do not understand everything, okay? You got it? I do not understand everything. Everybody say that with me. I, is your wife or your husband or your kids looking at you funny saying, because you act like that, you do sometimes. Like, you know, we have to get to a point that we understand. I don't, understand everything I, I I don't I'm not able to see the entire picture I, I I don't even have all the facts understanding refers to a, a mental process where process kind of where we analyze the problem we start breaking it down to make a decision most of us think we can figure things out our own we're taught that basically all of our lives just keep working at it keep pulling yourself by, up by your own bootstraps. Keep, keep at it, and you'll get to it at some point in time, but there are some things in life that you just can't understand because you don't have the, all the facts. You don't have the big picture. You don't have all the understanding. And now, I mean, just I don't want to get so far away from this to think that we shouldn't use good common sense. I mean, we certainly should do that. In fact, I'm not so sure that we ought to not rename that phrase, you know, common sense to in today's time to more like uncommon sense. You know, you know, because it seems like anybody who had common sense today, it's more uncommon than it used to be. Uh, I mean, I get that. And we should do that. And quite honestly, I'll get to it in just a minute, but that having that common sense when it's applied appropriate is wisdom that comes from God, okay? So I don't want to just leave that out. 
But there are times, really, when common sense doesn't address the situation that I'm in right now. It can help, but I'm struggling with what to do. What you do is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on Him with your whole into who He is. But what you don't do is lean on your own understanding. We, we must fight against the internal inclination to trust in our own understanding. Doesn't mean we throw out all common sense. But we use the common sense, the sense that God gives to us. But we also listen to what he's directing us to do. Solomon says, when you're trusting in your own heart, he who trusts in his own heart is a, it's not my words. Solomon said this, if you trust in your own heart, you're a fool. But whoever walks wisely will be delivered. Have you ever made decisions with, based on limited or, or inf- misinformation? You ever been there? And you kind of like look back and say, well, if I'd, if I'd known all the facts, I wouldn't have made that decision. If I'd, know what, if I'd known what I know now, how many times have we ever said that? Right? But the one that we're putting our trust in knows ahead. He's all right, knows what's coming. There's kind of a subtle, but it's really not a good proverb that we have heard quoted from time to time. If you ever use this, a lot of people believe it's in the Bible. It's not. And so proverb says, God helps those who help themselves. It's not in the Bible. It doesn't, it's not a biblical truth. It's really a lie, you know. And, and all this teaching says otherwise. God helps those who place their trust in Him. You can't really have confidence always in your own understanding, your own abilities, or capabilities. Isaiah understood this as he looked at his own righteousness compared to the righteousness of God. He says, We are all infected and impure with sin when we proudly display our righteous deeds we find that we're just like filthy rags like autumn leaves we wither and fade and our sins like the wind sweep us away so if wisdom is what we need and the answer is to first trust in the Lord with the whole of our being the second is quit relying on ourselves for answers there's, there's one more step in this process next phrase is in all your ways acknowledge him that's really saying intimately get to know God trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him means everything we do every detail in our lives we're to acknowledge God now, we'll get to the word acknowledge in just a second, but 
Just stay with me for a second. We think that whatever is going on in our lives or the decisions that we have to make are insignificant, that it doesn't really matter to God, we're, we're wrong. Because this verse teaches otherwise. All your ways, in the big decisions, little decisions, what we think, we're to acknowledge God. I, I take that as like, God, you've given me this ability. I wouldn't be able to be here had it not been for breath that you give me or any abilities that you give me. God, because he gives us, life is concerned about us. Like the good father, he cares about every aspect of our lives. He cares about every detail, no matter how minute we think it is. That's why he uses the word all here. God wants us to invite him into all the details of our life. He cares about us that much. And now the word acknowledge carries with it the idea of an intimate relationship. It's like the same word used of the knowledge of, of that a husband and wife have of their spouse. I, I'm doing premarital counseling sessions right now with uh, John Gail Post, granddaughter and future grandson-in-law. You know, ha having a good time doing that. Now I'm going to have a conversation with them here in the next couple of weeks about what intimacy is. We often think Oh, you ought to see their faces when I talk about that. This preacher is going to talk to us about sex. Intimacy is far greater than some sexual act. I describe it like this. It is totally trusting your future spouse with everything that's in you. You don't hold back anything in that relationship that you're going to have with your wife or your husband. And I can totally trust you with everything that I am. That's what true intimacy is. That's the same kind of intimacy with God. I can trust you with all of my feelings and all of my emotions, knowing that you're not going to come back sometime and pounce on me, hold it against me, acknowledging him, knowing him intimately, giving him access to your inner being to say, I invite you because you have invited me into this relationship and I know that the relationship is, is works both ways so if I'm expecting the best out of you I have to give all the access to all of who I am to you God acknowledge him and there's a result to that and he shall direct your paths. He'll share wisdom. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. 
So how does this work out da- kind of daily? How does this work out, play out practically in how we live? As I said last week in the beginning of, the, of today, there are sometimes in some situations and problems where you must go before God and ask him to give you wisdom because you literally don't know which step to take. And it is, it is so enlightening when he does it. And I can point back to some times in my life where I, it's like, God, I, I am leading this church. I don't know what the next step is. I don't know how to communicate this. I don't know how to give our church direction. And I need you to reveal to me how we're going to accomplish this. And God does it. There are times when it's like, wow, you did it exactly like I asked. You can't help but just be in a sense of awe especially once you start doing what he told you to do, what he told me to do. Oh, you know what it also took for me to do that? Faith. I believe you told me to do this, God, so I'm stepping in faith now. That's going to work. And you know what? A beautiful thing is to be able to look back and say, man, there was definitely you revealing how it should be done. And there are going to be times. Maybe that's God calling right now to give somebody some wisdom. (laughs) Would you like me to answer it, whoever it is? There are going to be times in the future life of this church where we're going to have to get on our knees before him and seek his wisdom. We need you, God. Just like there is in your life. And God says, okay, I'm going to deliver that to you. I'm going to speak into that situation. There are times when he's done that. There are people all over this place who give testimony to that. But when you're dealing with this thing of wisdom with God, he also allows us in our daily life to experience things that is teaching us wisdom as we live life in the journey. So, yes, there are times when it's like, God, I need wisdom for this situation right now, and he delivers it, but there are also times when he's looking to us and say, I'm teaching you as you journey. By paying attention to what the Bible teaches us. Studying his word, being engaged in it. His wisdom that he grants to us in those dire situations is always going to be consistent with what he teaches in his word. We'll never stray from that. 
by using vast amounts of information that we gather throughout the course of our, our lives uh, that he's giving us the ability to absorb. But then we couple that with those biblical principles that you've learned. Therein is wisdom that he's giving us, pouring into us. Through constant communication and prayer, asking for your needs, and then listening for his direction. Another practical thing that we should do is be open and attentive to his presence in our life. To know that he walks with us, that he does life with us, and we need to recognize his presence and how he chooses to do life with us. And that he's granting us wisdom on how our paths are being directed. Becoming more aware of his presence through the Holy Spirit and leaning on him. Well, here's another one. Practical daily way of infusing wisdom in us is by hanging around godly people who have demonstrated godly principles. But all this has to happen. Along with those practical things I just told you. By doing one thing being willing to allow God to grant you wisdom. You have to be willing. Would you pray with me, please? Give us a heart of being willing, God. willing to seek you, a willingness to trust you, a willingness to set aside our own agendas, our own thoughts of how we need to try to accomplish something, a willingness to acknowledge you, to live life intimately with you, And then, Father, to allow you a willingness to do what you tell us to do. May we surrender our whole self to you. I invite you in just a moment. Just pour yourself out before the Lord right now. That is there's something in your life that you're seeking wisdom over right now. You need God's help. That you completely, wholly place your trust in Him right now. Name it before God. I'm surrendering this to you, God placing my whole trust in you.
I'm asking. here. Sometimes there are things that sometimes there are situations where I've just had to come here and kneel in this altar and say, God, there's something about coming here and kneeling before you that just helps me get to that place where I can surrender it to you. If you feel the need to do that in a moment, I invite you to do it. Maybe one of us could have prayer with you and we'd be happy to do so. If God's leading you to do something in this invitation, please be obedient as we stand, as the worship team leads us in song. Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me everyone needs forgiveness the kindness of a savior the hope of nations savior he can move the mountains my mighty to save he is mighty to save forever author of salvation he rose and conquered the grave Jesus conquered the See? 
is mighty to save forever author of salvation heroes and conquered the grave but jesus he conquered the about it, Alvin. Come on up and share. I'm excited to uh, invite you to join us this afternoon. We're going to have a, our prayer team and others will be meeting up here at 2 o'clock and we're going to go to some of our local elementary schools and we're going to be praying for this first week of school for our teachers, for our students, for our parents. After 40 years in education, I'm telling you, this first week of school is one of the most important times in the life of your child or your grandchild. And we need for you to participate if you're available. Like I said, at 2 o'clock, we'll meet up here, and then we're, we've got three different local elementaries. We're just going to go and on campus there, a little, little prayer walk. And so, uh, secondly, we've got some sheets to hand out and ask you if you're not available to meet with us this afternoon, if you would just each night this week, starting today, pray for our children, our teachers, pray for our parents, and there's, a, there's power in prayer, and uh, it works. Thank you. Come on up this way. Uh. Hey, men. Just want to remind everybody, if you've not signed up for the men's retreat, please do so. It is a blast. And, um, but that's not the reason I came up, actually. This Saturday, we're starting our men's breakfast. And usually, I would give a devotion. But this past year, uh, I started to ask men to share their story, their testimony of how God's been faithful. And I will have to tell you, I don't usually get volunteers for that. So I have to go ask. But this Saturday, uh, someone came to me and said, I would like to share. And I was like so, so excited because I know this, this man has a great story to tell. So this Saturday, 8 a.m., men's breakfast, Pete Mosley is going to be sharing with us. So... Come eat some great food, have some great fellowship, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing from Pete. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate that. We have a ladies' retreat coming up, too. Um, if you uh, need any information, ladies, about that, several ladies have already signed up, but if you're kind of on the fence about it and you have some questions, see Lynn after service, the fall retreat. That's October 20th through 21st. 
Danny mentioned the men's retreat. We also have student retreat coming up, uh, so don't forget that as well. October 27th through the 29th, burn the ships. It's going to be a good time. Burn the ships? Burn the ships. You going to Center Hill Lake and burning boats and ships down there? You might. Don't put it past That'll me. That'll be an interesting thing. Can I come film that? By the way, I want you to know something. What? You celebrated a big birthday yesterday, and that was a wonderful plank you did. Not bad for 66, right? Um, there will be a Deacons meeting this coming Wednesday night at 6.30. Deacons, please plan to be here. I just wanted to comment also that you see a lot of beautiful flowers that are all throughout the sanctuary. And they are from uh, Beverly Hurley's funeral uh, on Friday, Al. Thank you for being here and having your son here with us. We continue to be praying for you and lifting you up. And if you see Al, just give him a hug this morning. He, he very much has appreciated the support that our church has given him. Okay, I think we're done. Would you please stand? Lord, we thank you for today, God. Thank you for uh, the reminder that, Lord, when we put our trust in you, that, God, our, um, we're, we'll never end up disappointed in that, Lord. So we go about our week and everything that we do, Lord, let everything that we do bring glory to you. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, everybody. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615 615- 776-1807. One of her pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.